0: Hey everyone, glad to have you here. Hope you're having a fantastic day out there. Today I have on the show my first repeat guest, Jack Hay. Every time I talk with him, we always wind up getting lost in the conversation and going super deep. He's grown to be a really good friend of mine. Uh, In this episode, we start off by talking about CRISPR and genetics, and we get into the environment and being a leader and other various topics. If you want to show support for the show, please rate or subscribe wherever you're listening. And if your heart desires, you can also buy me a coffee by going to ko-fi.com backslash Danny McCracken 13. You can also find a link on the show notes and on my socials. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, we are live. Jack, welcome back. First repeat guest on the show, man. I'm stoked to have you back. Thanks for having me back, man. (laughs) I'm very excited. The last one was a lot of fun. Dude, it was a blast. And thank you for all the like support and everything, and getting me in touch with all these new people. Like great content, awesome humans. It's been awesome getting to know some new people. You know, I've got a lot of friends, and I, uh, you know, I, I love them all. But I just, I don't know what it is about me. I can't get enough. I like meeting new people perpetually. So right. it's been good. <laughs> same
1: dude. I'm the same way. Expanding my circle is like, it just gives me life, you know, mm-hmm. meeting new people. And then like the interchanging of stories, it just helps you grow
0: if you come at it in uninhibited and uninhibited in an open mind way. So I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Like, where should we start? I know I like sent you that podcast and you checked it out and you wanted to, or not the podcast, the uh, documentary. And you wanted to chat about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. The human nature doc on uh, Netflix, which by the way, anybody listening needs to check out, man, it just completely blew my mind. And I'm aware, you know, like I know what CRISPR is and uh, I'm aware of some of the things that it has been used for, what people want to use it for. But I just love like how the way they presented it in the documentary, everyone was, you know, they spoke about it in a very eloquent and intelligent way. And what I loved about it, because I come from a philosophical and ethical background is the ethics of it. You know, that was really fascinating to me. I can understand both sides. But to me, you know, the argument becomes pretty simple when we're talking about just the prospect of weeding out things that literally ruin lives before they ever start. You know, I understand why people are hesitant to that, the whole playing God thing air quotes um, yeah. yeah that's I totally get that you know like this whole thing that we are producing babies instead of making them mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the word like the verbiage they use in the movie but it was really like it was really well done but even that aspect of it you know you talk about these kids like the first kid they talk about who has sickle cell anemia which is heavily prevalent prevalent um anybody who originates from Africa you know mm-hmm. it's 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 tough and it makes it to where people are I mean it's a struggle to be alive from a very early age A lot of people die young from it. Just the prospect of somebody switching a gene at birth so that we prevent that from ever happening again. Like that right there, that argument is just like, wow, of course, why wouldn't we do that? You know? Yeah. How do you feel about that though? I mean,
0: Man, well, first of all, that kid, like I want to shake his hand. I want to meet him. I'd love to have him on the show. He, I cried multiple times in that documentary and most of the time it was, it was because of him and like Mm -hmm. what he was saying. And he just seemed so intelligent and like self-aware and strong. Yeah. Super strong. And like his response to like, you know, when they asked him if if he would have gotten rid of his disability with, with, if he would have gotten rid of sickle cell, if he could have, he was like, you know, he thought about it and then he said no, because it's, it made me who I am. It, It gave him perspective, taught him how to deal with like hardship and difficulty. And that was super powerful. But, um, I mean, not all of them have that same perspective, first of all, and not everything is the same as sickle cell. Cause even right. though it does present a lot of huge problems for him, mm-hmm. it's all relative, I suppose. But I mean, there are some people where it's like, especially if you don't have like the financial means or something, like right. if, if you give birth to a child that like is going to need perpetual health care, I mean, that's just, especially with the way the healthcare is in this country, like that just, you know, to have that opportunity to say, you know, let's at least prevent these bad things from happening. Uh, you know, the the argument, I don't know. It, it It's a big thing. Right. And and like you said, I love the ethical part of it, like them talking about both sides and like the good, the bad, the playing right. of God and everything. But right. at the end of the day, like, you know, we have to realize that we, we are a part of nature. You know, we're not separate from it. As, as weird as we view ourselves compared to the rest of, you know, life, it we are an extension of life and therefore an extension of God. And if you will, we are God in a way because... You know whatever your beliefs are, I mean, we're, we're a part of the one, the source, you know? 100%. And it's like, what if that is God's way of, of, of acting, of, of acting through us, you know?
1: Us producing miracles through him, if you want to look at it that way, a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, but the whole other side of it, it's like, it's just like anything. It's like intention, right? So if your intention is to like have a, a good, healthy life, you know, that's one thing. But if you're like, okay, I want to choose the way that my children look like, how much are you taking away from, you know, their choices? And mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously when they're born now, it's not like they have a choice or anything like that, but they're at least you're not choosing for them. The chaos of life is choosing for right. them. But you know, when you get into that, it's like, I, I don't know if if you run into something down the road where the way that you look or some like traits or genes that you have were chosen by your parents and then it turns out to be like a detriment like that could blow up in a parent's face and a child could just be so frustrated and upset because they had no say or or I don't know it's just it's a really interesting thing man um and I like how they tied in like all the um, the ancient burial sites and stuff. Like mm-hmm. uh, which one? they wasn't Göbekli Tepe. It was. Um, oh man, what did they mention? Uh, which one that starts with a C? Catalhoyuk. That okay. was that yeah. was where I think they went, and they were you know talking about that. And it's just to to look at where we came from as a species, and like the trajectory we've been on, and where we're going. Right. It's just regardless of what. Um, public opinion is like if we have the capability to do something we're gonna do it a hundred percent a hundred percent and
1: also like It can be looked at one thing that I thought about I don't think they mentioned this directly But a lot of the things kind of pointed me to this conclusion is like we evolve naturally We can't refute evolution You know nothing against anybody who wants to argue against it, but it's a thing that happens in nature all we are essentially doing is speeding that up by choosing what to eliminate because it presents a survival impediment which is I mean that's that's the whole point is to survive and procreate that is ingrained in our DNA mm-hmm. as animals as human beings like you said we are essentially God you know the whole idea of uh, we have the potential to be gods and worms like that whole argument is like yeah we can literally be nothing we turn into nothing but we also have the potential to produce to grow to learn on an exponential or even infinite rate so why wouldn't we use every tool we have to better our species, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something I thought about and I made little notes about that because it was just such a profound thought, you know? It's like, this—that that is the argument. Like, we're literally arguing against progress, which we tend to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: I don't understand it, but we tend to just, everyone wants to just like hold things as they are, even in an in- individual level, but things change. Mm-hmm. You cannot stop it. stop it and to think you can control everything is an illusion or a delusion. So rolling with change and enhancing it and preparing yourself for it, honestly, to me is the only logical decision any human being should make.
0: You yeah, know? I agree. And you know, when you think about it, I lo- and I love that they referenced Jurassic Park in that. Cause right. I always, I always reference that quote, um, that Jeff Goldblum says, in it. he says, you were too busy thinking about whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should. Right. And that I think is, is the root of it. It's like, it's like intention I I think um understanding the the entirety of it like like what are the risks like you know G- guns, for example, or like, like drugs, you know, we uh, it's important to understand every aspect of it as much as we can and to educate people and share information on it. But after that, it's like Pandora only comes out of the box. It 100%. doesn't go back in. And now that that information is out there, now that we know that it exists, it's like if people want to do that, right. they'll be doing it. And it's, you know, maybe it's not going to be underground cartels doing drugs. Maybe it's going to be underground designer babies. Mm-hmm. And you know, just good be- point. Just because we, you know, some people think we shouldn't do it doesn't mean people aren't going to do it. And and I just think that um, abstinence from, from anything that has existed or come to light or been created or discovered is is, is just trying to hide from truth and reality. And eventually someone's going to whip it out and use it for whatever means. And that's just the flip side of the coin of, of anything. Any tool can be used, you know, as a weapon or whatever. Like it it just depends on the person's intention. And I think for me, it just put more emphasis on something I've been thinking about recently. And that's just that, you know, regardless of where technology is taking us, if we don't get ourselves right, our minds right, and our spirits right as a species, then we're going to be screwed. And and that goes into everything, you know, that we have our hands in. Like, right. It's, it's super important for people to realize that. And whether you do it through, you know, religion or spirituality or just intense uh, discipline and focus, Mm -hmm. regardless, we have to, we have to learn that, okay, with, with every single discovery comes, you know, um, a double edged sword, Mm -hmm. you know, more responsibility, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. I agree. And, uh, you know, talking about
1: like, I mean, the things that we're capable of, it's, it's, it's making things change faster, you know, like, I mean, in our lifetime, things have been just, I mean, exponentially different. You know, my son's childhood is so much different than mine. There are similarities, but there's so many things that are different. And we're talking about, I had him when I was 26. So in mean, 26 years, less than that, when I was a kid, his age, I mean, that's 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. So two decades, everything's different from way, the way he handles his seven-year-old life versus how I handled mine, you know. Things that are his opportunities, his connection to the world, everything, you know, which that enhances his opportunities, you know, and it just thinking about change in general and 2020 has been a real bitch for a lot of us, you know. I mean, there's just been so much that has happened, you know, especially like worldwide for sure, but even locally in Nashville, we got the tornado mm-hmm. in early March, then COVID right after that started the pandemic, and the city has. I mean, it's, it started to recover, but Nashville didn't handle it well. Right. Um, on top of that, just individual changes like that I've seen with all my friends, things that people have gone through personally. And I just look back at my life as just like kind of like a microcosm of it. Where I was in the start of May before I more, moved to Nashville, I was in one of the toughest points of my life, one of the lowest points of my life. I lacked direction. I really had no idea what I was doing except for getting up every day and putting a good foot forward and seeing where it took me. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Nashville, and things just progressively got better and better. My routines got better. My habits got better. And then I find myself now, even the span of like three months since we did our last podcast, I'm literally going towards a life that I had no idea was coming. It seems beautiful to me. I'm passionate about it. It means a lot. And, I mean, I've always been a part of the music scene. I mean, I've been going to electronic shows for over a decade now. But, to be doing the things that I am now, planning events and working with artists is it's like this reciprocity of inspiration constantly. Mm-hmm. I feel more creative, I feel like I help other people be creative, and I just love that, you know, yeah,
0: well, it's important, and the thing is is that you only got here to where you are now from that place several months ago because you did take that step of like just keep moving forward, like right. regardless of what's going on and that's why it's so important for people who get into hard times to, to just, you know, don't give up, don't give up on yourself or each other or other people. And we just have to keep moving forward. And, um, you just never know what's around the corner, what's around the bend. And, and, you know, we spend so much of our time like avoiding discomfort and trying to prevent terrible things from happening. And it's like, you can spend your entire life and become the best at predicting things and you're still going to have just chaos and Mm -hmm. just discomfort is just a part of life and you know it's it's tough to say you know to someone who's experienced a hit from like economically for instance right like we saw that with the great depression and then after that there was this big movement towards um can like conservatism is that the how you say that yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but just, you know, from people worrying about, okay, like you have to save and you have to be careful in case, right. you know, something gets pulled out from under you. And mm-hmm. we saw that this year with COVID. And I myself am making those tr- changes, you know, like I'm having to get away from entertainment, like working in film and TV, because I don't want to get a hit like that again. For you sure. know, and There are other reasons too, but I'm like, all right, like I could sit here and just be, you know, resentful of having to, to make another change in life where I can just say that is life. Like life right. is change and it's always going to be changing. And so learning to ride it like a wave instead of like fighting that wave and holding it back or like waiting for the wave to pass you, it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I would rather ride it. And I think you're definitely doing that as well. So yeah, for sure, I'm stoked that you've been having all these new uh, experiences and you're fucking good at it, man.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, it's, I mean, it really has been something that I've realized that I have a talent in, but also like the people I work with are just exceptional, you know, and that's mm-hmm. even goes with you. Like me and you were planning on maybe launching our own separate podcast yeah. project and we're both finding <laughs> that we're both too busy at this point in our life to mm-hmm. do it. So this is a good thing that we get to do anyway, you know? Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, man, all the people I work with at Heyman Entertainment, you know, Sacred Hive with Jared Ardry and those guys, the artists I work with, Sickish, that you had on here, Mm -hmm. uh, Jacob Forrest, Uh, my roommate, Lucid Lou, I mean, that dude, like, everyone is so talented, and like I said, it just, it's just a feedback loop of creativity and inspiration. Yeah. It's beautiful, you know, I don't know, it's just been great, I feel blessed, and I just, I definitely try not to take it for granted, and just, I want to keep pushing, Yeah. 2020, like I said, it's been, it's been a son of a bitch, but <laughs> the last half, I feel like I've beaten it quite a bit. Mm. And going into this final quarter of the year, I really plan to test myself to see what I could get done.
0: Yeah. That's good, man. You know, use the momentum, keep going. And there are some people that let that defeatist mentality creep in and they're like, you know, just 2020 is fucked. Like, right. it's like, do you think that just because we've made another rotation around the sun, like that your way of dealing with things is going to change? Like, right. You know, we all have to learn to, to deal with that stuff and to take change as it comes and move along with it. And it's it's good that you've done that. And, you know, I uh, personally am just hugely appreciative of it just because of getting to go to, uh, you know, all these new events and meet all these new people. And obviously, like, meeting Sickish and stuff. And, like, him and Lou, like, both of them, just their music is you know, I've had such a hard time with, uh, since I got into electronic music, like it's been rare that I've found local artists that I like resonate with as much as, you know, national or international artists. Right, 100. Yeah. And it's really cool that, you know, I have found an appreciation for local artists like that. It's like their music does hit me that way. And it's cool. Cause you get to have a relationship with them and right. have a conversation with them. And see the realness of their humanity and uh it's it's like super refreshing because there's not like that barrier of fame right exactly yeah and you you,
1: like you know them personally already so approaching someone in that situation it's always weird because you're like i don't want to be a fanboy but i also would love to talk to them you know yeah and you wonder how how often that happens you know so totally agree with that man you know uh on the subject of of just like the like local music scene I love where it's at in Nashville. I love like the whole underground dynamic that COVID politics have really forced on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're talking about events that are happening that are huge and beautiful. I mean, huge is relative, Right. but beautiful and well done, like good productions. They're and they're happening almost every weekend now. Mm-hmm. And it's all happening like either through the underground or operating, I mean, there's plenty of events that are happening legally with all permits, but this other like there's this other side of things where it's all word of mouth. You know, it's all just kind of low-key and spread through the streets. And it's just mm-hmm. a really cool vibe to be a part of, you know. yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just something that's super beautiful. You know, and regarding something I just thought of that I wanted to say earlier, just like talking about, I mean, the links to the music too. Like there was a point where artists were especially just like, I mean, starved for work, you know, and mm. you have to choose one or two things. Like I'm sure there were plenty of artists who were like, man, maybe I should stop painting. Maybe I should stop making music. Maybe I should just get a real job, you know, air quotes again. Mm-hmm. But the ones who persist, the ones who decide that, you know, they're not going to get beaten by it, you know, because when it comes down to it, you have two options. Mm-hmm. You can stay down or you can get the fuck back up. And that's something my dad told me when I was like maybe eight years old. And I've, that's stuck with me my entire life. I'm going to be down again. Something's going to come and knock me for a loop, but I'm not going to stay down. Mm-hmm. It won't beat me nothing yeah. ever will and that's how everybody should treat every situation because things are going to happen and you know you just have to deal with them as best you can
0: absolutely and and i think that that also points out that um you know we 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 should especially in a time like this where we're so disconnected, like physically, you know, there are tools around us that allow us to connect with people. And even though, you know, there are these barriers, you you still can. And I think that people forget that you can, you can lean on other people, you know, you can, right. you can rely on other people to like, just, just even just to like hear you for a minute, be like, look, I just got to talk, I got to vent, you know? And I, I think it's, um, I mean, that's the whole reason why live music is what it is. Otherwise people would have just been streaming music the whole time or just streaming Spotify, but it's like coming together and like finding what you have in common with people and like using your strengths to help each other. And, you know, festivals come to mind, like going with a big group of people and everyone brings themselves and, their problems included but their strengths included and you wind up going through all these random chaotic fun situations but they're not always fun and sometimes one person solves a problem and then next time you solve a problem or whatever and it everyone gets to benefit from that and right. that is the the perk of of us being you know while we are all connected we are also individuals you know it's not right. like a hive mind thing we're not like ants or bees even though you know they're a part of life as well like as humans, I think that, you know, people get caught up in, in enjoying the idea of autonomy, but I think with autonomy comes with monotony, you know? Mm-hmm. And if everything is automatic and chosen and decided for you, then, like, where's the life part of it, you know? Right. Then you do become just a, a machine in life and you are just living to survive and procreate. And, you know, that's obviously our prime directive, but also there's so much more that you can do along the way. And Mm -hmm. we should be doing that. And like empowering people and helping other people is just a huge way to do that. And there's no way to quantify like that investment when you give to other people, like they never forget when you were there for them and they can be there for you when you, when you need it, you know, and real friends will be accepting when you, when you ask, you know, Hey, look, I need I need a moment to talk to you or I need help, you know, taking care of somebody or whatever it is. It's, I just think it's super important to keep that in mind. You know,
1: I agree. And it brings to mind one of my favorite words is uh, symbiosis, you know, like that's literally what that is. You know, life does feed on life, but life also like, I mean, there's this reciprocation, you know, it's you help me, I help you. And sometimes it's in ways that you don't ever see or predict, but like you're talking about with a human being, just the general, polite attitude you can greet a stranger with could have a profound effect on their day. Um, And that could ripple out into many other people's lives. You know, it's that whole butterfly effect, Mm -hmm. essentially. And that's beautiful to me. You know, it's important because when you have a bad attitude or when you're generally aggressive or you're nasty or you're impatient, that also has an effect, just a negative one. And even though there's plenty of people who have that attitude and are good people still, they don't realize just generally how badly that can affect their energy in their house, their loved ones, their kids. And which, you know, that's something that I have to work on myself. I find myself being overly patient with some people, Mm -hmm. overly giving to the point where I spread myself too thin far too often. And I've been working on that a lot this year. But it's funny because the person who I care about the most and who is always around me is my baby boy. Mm -hmm. And he gets sometimes my least patience. And I realize that. And I'm always like, man, like, you know, it's because he's constantly there. Mm -hmm. He's constantly doing little things that'll drive me nuts. You know, it's always daddy, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. which I love that because it's not going to be that way forever. So it's like both sides there. But at the same time, like, I catch myself being impatient with him because it's always like in my ear. And so I've been trying to work on that. You know, I think it's important to, you know, that he should, he should get the best of me if anybody should. That's kind of like my whole point with that. So Mm -hmm. I'm always working on that.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. And I mean, I I had uh, to come to a huge, a huge realization like years ago that that was what I was doing as well to the people closest to me, you know, and I have like these, you know, the best of my friends and like my family included, you know, I, for some reason, I don't know if it's just because of those things are repeating, but I will, I will get, super short with them. And I'll I'll give like, you know, a lot of times a stranger more courtesy than I will them. And, you know, just because they love me, it doesn't mean I get a free pass to do that. And so, you know, I, I try as much as I can to, um, be aware of it, but, in the moments where I can't be aware of it and I do slip up and fuck up, then I have to take ownership of that and like genuinely apologize to them and not just say, Hey, yo, I'm sorry. I did that. Like sit down, like look them in the eyes and like say, look, I'm sorry. This is what I was thinking. This is why it's no excuse. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep trying to do better. Mm -hmm. And just like everything else, it's, it's impermanent, you know, your level of patience or commitment is, is going to falter just, just because it will, you know? And, um, but, people just have to understand that. And you have to understand that when you're getting it from other people as well, I think.
1: For sure. And it's just perspective, you know, and you said something that was actually a pretty common theme in 2020 for me, uh, with someone I was very close with was when I would try to present a reasoning for something so they could, they could understand it. I want to like help shape their perspective. They would keep referring to it as me just trying to justify the act, which is not the case. Mm -hmm. Not trying to justify it. I understand why it was wrong. What I want to help you do is understand why I made it, even though it was incorrect, so that you may understand and maybe help move past it. You know, because that's a lot of the thing is sometimes people don't understand intent. Like you said, not understanding intent leads to, I mean, just a, a giant misunderstanding when sometimes things aren't as big of a deal as they seem. But once again, that's perspective, it is relative to a million variables, not just lifetime you know, uh, experience that shapes our reality, but also the energy that you have that day. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're coming off a bad interaction with somebody else. So you're already a little bit impatient. So there's just so many things that go into it. But oftentimes we completely forget that. We let emotions get the best of us. And before you know it, things are blown up, bridges are burnt, and it's tough to rebuild them at that point. So, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of trailing off here, but it's just always very important for me when I see people fighting for me to encourage communication
0: yeah that was you literally took the words out of my mouth right I was gonna say like communication is it's that's the that's the the answer that's the solution you know, and at the very least you can say, look, I'm sorry, I keep doing this, but this is why you right. know and
1: I'm working on it like you said
0: mm-hmm and just like I was saying, like, you know, I have those people that they do repeating things that, you know, haven't changed and it frustrates me and it does the same thing to me. So it's ironic because I'm, I'm getting frustrated with it, but then I'm allowing myself to keep making that circle right. go back. You know, it's like, it's, it's tough, you know, and I I just think that understanding and forgiveness, I was talking about this on one of the episodes recently, like forgiveness and understanding, I mean, perspective, like All those components, communication, perspective, understanding, forgiveness, like that's how we move past it. And that's how we keep moving forward, you know?
1: Yeah, agreed. And it trickles out from individuals. Like you said, you were kind of perpetuating the circle. If you don't change that in yourself, it's not going to help influence change with anybody else. And if you think enough on a grand enough scale... If people do that on an individual level, then it could affect their local level, then the region, then the state, then the, maybe the country, maybe the world. You know, obviously, like, that's a huge, like, it takes a huge amount of energy and momentum <clears throat> and belief in people. But, like I said, it has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. People have been saying that for a long time. Yeah. You know, a lot smarter people than you and I who have been pushing for change and progress, like, throughout the existence of humanity. Mm-hmm. And here we are still struggling with things that just seem so wild that we can't get past, you know? Yeah. But I do not want to spend this conversation talking about
0: that. (laughs) I feel you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I like I oscillate back and forth between, you know, thinking that... that I tend to to lean towards the positive. Like, Uh if, if we all, you know, take care of ourselves, our own responsibilities, then when we're good, when our cup is full, then we can work on other people. But, you know, part of me also wonders like is it even possible like are we just experiencing all these repetitious like loops of thought and action that you know can't be broken and i think there are a lot of you know religious people that you know think that that's the expression of like jesus is the only way or god is the only way and it's like as a human potentially or as humans in general we are incapable of maybe breaking those cycles and i don't know i just i keep leaning back and forth, but I, I tend to lean towards, I think we can do it, you know? And right. um, it's it's just going to take some time. Like there was this whole thing in the military, like uh, first aid, like combat first aid, right? When you come up on somebody that's injured, you're not supposed to use your first aid kit to fix them. They're supposed to, you, you're supposed to use theirs to fix them. And I feel like when people have problems, they tend to you know, it's kind of opposite of what we were saying earlier. Like some people won't reach out and they'll self isolate and they get trapped and bogged down and get depressed. But then there are other people who just want to reach in every direction and Mm -hmm. like try to pull resources and attention and love and everything from other people instead of handling it themselves. And, you know, it's going to take some time, but as fast as like technology and society are accelerating, I think we're, we're in for some very interesting um, things in the future in terms of, Our psychology and our technology all of it you know
1: yeah for sure I mean what you're touching on I think really can be wrapped up with just talking about emotional intelligence you know people just lack that they don't know how to handle their depression or their anxiety they don't even fully understand what causes it and that also comes down to communication just with yourself being able to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself the things that you're doing that are perpetuating bad habits that are keeping you from forming better habits a lot of people don't want to do that and they're quick to place blame on other people use people as a scapegoat and then it's kind of like an easy way out of it and then they're like well now I can try harder but you what you did is you you cut off the branches of the tree you didn't get at the root of it so eventually it's gonna cycle back and individual on an individual level people do that a lot you know mm-hmm. I mean I do it too in yeah, certain but I, like I, I try to focus on we've talked about this focus on what flaws I can handle and get better mm-hmm. and I find myself trying to help some of my younger friends, especially with that, like the things that I did in my early twenties or late teens, you know, I see these habits and I'm like, Hey, like you're doing fine, you know, but maybe just focus on this because you could do better type stuff. Yeah. But it's always good to have somebody who wants to help, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's something I kind of lack in my current state. Like, you know, being in school, I always had mentors or professors Mm -hmm. and now, you know, outside of you know, my buddy Charles Craig, my tattoo artist, mm-hmm. and my partner at Hey Man, I don't have a lot of people who are older than me who, who can impart a lot of wisdom on me, but still, age is just a number. You know, mm-hmm. I get a lot of good information and advice from you, uh, Sickish, as well. Jacob yeah. has helped me tremendously this year, so I do have those people, but um, I don't really yeah. have anybody that whole, like, sit in a classroom and just learn from type, type role model in mm-hmm. my life. That's one thing I miss. I would love to get back to school, side note. But I don't know if and when it'll happen, how busy I am, but hopefully some days I can get, someday I can get that master's, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. Well, and you know, it's, it's, maybe it's just part of the cycle, right? Like maybe right now you're, you're, you're not in the learning role maybe you're in the teaching role, you know, in more ways than one. And as long as you're doing one or the other, I think that there's, there's things to be learned, you know, and. I, I, I don't know, I say it all the time, like a bit of a broken record, but I think if you're not learning, you should be teaching and sure. vice versa, you know, and, um, you know, there's just, and everything moves in phases. Like there's this other, I think it's a, a Buddhist saying, um, but it says when the student is ready, the master will appear or like right. the, the lesson will appear. And it's just, you know, we have to have patience with ourselves and with society and reality and just keep finding reasons to get up every day and like I've been doing a gratitude journal and that helps a lot you know and sometimes I'm laying there at the end of the day I'm like wow I had a lot of things to be grateful for today right and so I have you know of course there's always gonna be things to bitch about but there's always also gonna be things to be grateful for and like I try to focus on that because that becomes the fuel to keep going you know
1: right 100 percent. yeah I agree
0: yeah it's I don't know 2020 has been an interesting year but yeah, it has been but, you know, I, it's, it's a year like any other. And, you know, I think we're gonna, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be fine. I know that everybody's all tense over the election and everything. And I mean, I, I can't think of anybody who isn't, but also um, we we have to remember that these are anybody who's on the other side of the quote unquote line. It's like, there are country people, there are fellow humans, there are neighbors or brothers right. or sisters, like everyone. And it's like, you know i maybe in this instance like sports is a good analogy right and it's like at the end of the game you know people always have a, a huge appreciation and a much better time when everyone's like oh man you know that was crazy but but good game
1: right for sure being a good sport mhm
0: and and that that is like that's something that for some reason in politics like we forget about and it's it's frustrating you know cuz it's like we can do it in other aspects of life why can't we do it here but True. um I mean, who who knows what the future holds, but I think until we start, uh, evolving on an individual level, we're going to need people to, to do that job, you know, to, to be a politician, to make decisions. And I do think it's super skewed, like the power and, and compensation that they get as a civil servant. But, um, and until you no longer need that person, then they're going to have to be there, you know? For sure.
1: Yeah, we definitely need some restructuring 100 percent. But yeah, I mean, those roles need to be filled. We just need good leadership. People who care more about the people instead of the profits. You know, um, actually going back to something you said earlier about like uh, conservationalism. I believe I'm saying that
0: right. Conserva- uh, yeah. I don't know. Conservative- like Cons- yeah, Cons- conservatism. Like I think conservatism. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Anybody who listens, you guys tell us yeah. how, to, how to pronounce that.
1: Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, if you're familiar with like the ethics going back to those times, especially like the thirties and forties where conservationism, whatever it is versus, uh, what is it? So you have conservationist and you have preservationist mm-hmm. and a uh, preservationist. I always used to get those confused until I took my environmental ethics class and Are you familiar with the difference between the two?
0: I guess not really. I mean, I feel like they're similar, but I couldn't tell you what the definitive difference is.
1: So both of them are, it's about preserving resources, Mm -hmm. but conservationists would be like, hey, we need to make sure we don't like say like, there's no forest fire here that burns up all the wood because we need that wood to build a city to benefit humanity. Whereas Mm -hmm. a preservationist is like, how about we just leave the ecosystem alone Mm. Don't mess with it because it's not all about humanity. They're yeah. about preserving wilderness in general, um, and it's funny because it brings up an interesting dilemma. Where anywhere you go in the United States, like even if you go to Yosemite, like a huge national park, mm-hmm. there's like they have national guards there. You know, they have they have you know forest basically police officers, security mm-hmm. who are highly trained. You know, and they're there to obviously protect a lot of like the wilderness and stuff like that, but. You know, it's, it's kind of silly that we even have to do that because if you were to just pull humans out of it all together, the ecosystem will take care of itself. Yeah, Everything's there to sustain one another. And I think the documentary might have touched on that too, or I could be mixing up another one, but basically how... Uh, no, I am mixing it up with something else I watched, something about animals, but mm-hmm. I apologize. But just how like, you know, there's the perfect number of mountain lions in a space to perpetuate themselves and feed on the local population. Mm-hmm. And that goes up and down the food chain and everything is like this interlocking thing that happens, you know, and it's just kind of a beautiful thing.
0: But, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It's, it's I've always just loved the the difference between those two things because they are very similar, but one of them is more ecocentric, whereas you know conservationism conservationalism whatever is more anthropocentric you know it's Mm -hmm. all about humanity and our benefit versus the biological impact or the eco uh, ecological impact so
0: yeah that makes sense yeah and it's interesting because you know I think it does definitely come from that that old the ancient brain like the you know the notion that we don't know when the next storm is coming or we don't know when the next hunt is going to be or the next harvest or whatever but You know, we've got all that stuff under control. And Mm -hmm. like, we honestly, we have, we have more, unless, you know, we keep multiplying, like we have more resources than, than we could use. And, you know, I think if people just took a step back and realized like, do I really need, uh you know, an extra large Coke. Right. And, yeah, and for sure, that little thing can, can take it all the way back to like, do I really need three cars? Right. Do I really need this and that? And, you know, we're never going to achieve that symbiosis and balance that nature so eloquently has, has built. Right. Since the beginning until we realize, like we we need to stop taking more than we need and taking more than we need, it, it's totally coming out of a place of fear, fear of right. not having enough or or losing it. But you're always gonna lose it. It's always gonna go away, and right. you're gonna die eventually anyway. And it's like you can't take it with you, whatever it is, whether it's food, a car, or you know, a child. Like when you die, you are gone, and at I mean, least
1: from this plane of existence. That would right, be about, right, yeah. right,
0: exactly, and. Yeah but but then that 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 brings up another point too is it's like you know obviously i i've got a, i hope a lot of my life ahead of me you know um but and i could die at any moment but my one of my life goals has become to greet death at the end with like curiosity and open mindedness and just wanting to know what is on the other side of the veil you know and you know by giving it that neutral Potential. I'm. I'm not assigning a value like like heaven or hell does. You know, and so there's there's no expectation. And um, when there's an expectation, it it can create fear. You know, and even if you are like, oh, I feel like a good person, I'm going to heaven. Like you could have an anxious moment, like towards the end of your life, like, oh my gosh, I did this thing right. this one time, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you're creating this pool of anxiety within yourself and you're not really able to stay calm and, and go into it with open arms, you know,
1: for sure. I agree. that's a good point. It's an interesting point. Uh, and I, I agree. I would love that to be a goal of mine now, like just to, to be prepared, to be ready, I guess, air Mm -hmm. quotes. Um, but yeah, you know, um, just the whole idea of like you said like the fear of things that we have this greed that seems to perpetuate that fear you know oh, oh I just thought of it uh that documentary it's a new David Attenborough and it's it's great and it's like it's on Netflix and it's about how much has changed since he first started traveling and doing like all his narration and like dude it's really good everyone should watch it I can't remember what it's called but it's new and it's beautiful um, he actually touches on um how we're losing seasons due to climate change mm-hmm. and how we've relied on seasons to you know i mean we've we created farming yeah. this sustainable thing where we no longer look for our food we grow it we oh. harvest it in our own space you know and we're losing a lot of the land that we do that in and which is a direct result of you know rainforests getting cut cut down you know mm-hmm. the way we treat our clients just basically everything is just having this negative impact and it's because we are so short-sighted as a species you know in the 30s 40s and 50s during this huge corporate boom it's all like how can we get the best value to help human lives with no thought about how it was going to impact or at least very little thought of how it's going to impact the wilderness you know um just the the, the biological diversity that mm-hmm. goes through you know every space on earth yeah and then essentially for posterity's sake there was very little concern given to maybe anybody past a generation or two Mm -hmm. and then we've also I mean there's a there's a a fairly large philosophical movement that's been around for a long time that is basically saying that because post like posterity is the future generation they're not guaranteed to be born Mm -hmm. so we shouldn't factor in their lives which is crazy to me because it's like you're banking on extinction Wow you know But in my mind, especially as a father, but even before that, you know, like to me, I want people who come after us, whether they're related to me or not, which we're all related on a grand scheme. But Mm I want everyone to be able to enjoy the beautiful things that I've experienced, plus everything I'll never get to experience, you know, things that make life so amazing, you know. which that ties into the ups and downs because Mm -hmm. if you don't have one, there's no other, but exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's, it's a really great documentary though. You should check it out. Super good stuff.
0: I think I saw like a trailer for it on there or something, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got to check it out. He is amazing. And he really is. His life is crazy. Like
1: fascinating.
0: Mm. Definitely got to check it out. Documentaries have just become like my like my favorite it's really interesting when I first started uh in film school like i i like didn't watch any documentaries right and i I had a friend that um gosh it's so interesting how much has changed like when i when I met her, we were completely on different sides of the line politically like philosophically and everything in a lot of ways and i I did my best to be like you know I considered her a friend we hung out all the time, you know, but I would get into these arguments with her all the time about everything and like argue till I was blue in the face and like Part of me wants to reach out to her and just be like, look, you know, I've, I've changed and I want to acknowledge that like I could have been a better person to you and hopefully, you know, you would view me as being better now, but regardless, you know, she was like, I got into film to work on documentaries and I was just like, why would you like, they're so boring and this and that. And then you know as i as I slowly started watching more and more and just just becoming more conscientious and just caring, I was just realizing that it's a it's a medium for learning and I, I just love watching them I, I love you know and especially if you're somebody that like can't travel for instance you know getting to see like the way other cultures work other ecosystems work the way that science and industry works like it's it's just this this transformative medium that can really it's the closest thing, I think, aside from, you know, virtual reality to actually getting knowledge and exposure. You know, you're you're mixing visual elements in sound as well as like in some cases, like written information. Like you're just right. you're getting the opportunity to really solidify this stuff through all the senses, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, man, it's um, it's cool. And hopefully one day I'll make my own documentary, but I don't know what it would be about just hey, yet, but I mean, it'll,
1: it'll come to you. Yeah. I believe you will. <laughs> <I> believe <laughs> Hopefully
0: you will. so. That's another thing too, is that I've just been trying to be patient with myself about my goals. Cause it is important to have goals, but like, I don't, I don't want to like beat myself up when I don't meet those goals. hundred percent. Yeah. You should have realistic ones that you hold
1: yourself to, but when you fail, you it shouldn't drive you into a spiral, which a lot of people do. I do that often, mm-hmm. you know, setting shorter goals is important for that too.
0: Yeah. Like mixing short-term goals, long-term goals and, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, all right, well, if I didn't do it now, like maybe I can do it later. And so even though I, I may be transitioning careers, like I still have a huge love and appreciation for film and, um, I don't see a reason why I couldn't come back to it later. And, you know, maybe I'll have the financial means or, you know, just more life expertise and then be in a position to do that. But, um, you know, in, instead of like focusing on this distant thing, it's it makes more sense to focus more on the immediate time frame, you know, being right. present.
1: For sure. Being <laughs> present and then like reminding yourself to like enjoy that moment, be relaxed, you know, not like your anxiety and stress take you over. Uh, That's one thing. I was uh doing some meditation of the day and this whole thing came to me and I was like, I'm considering like writing kind of you know, like some of the stuff I was writing before. I've Mm -hmm. been too busy, haven't gotten back to it, but I had this good idea. And essentially like it's just like considering like twenty twenty as it wraps up, you know, I think about like once again some of the good things I've done this year that have impacted my life, but then I think about the things that still need a tremendous amount of work, like the first question I thought is like, if I were to talk to somebody else and they were struggling, I would be like, where well, are you treating your body right? And I was like, well, should I ask myself that, that question of fucking course I should. Mm-hmm. And I, overall, I don't, you know, I do work out. Um, I do, I still do my intermittent fasting and things like that, but my diet is, I mean, it's bad, you know, mm-hmm. like I very often, I don't make time to eat good foods. I do a lot more grocery shopping than I have in previous years, but it's usually quick stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so that's one thing I want to work on moving towards the end of the year after my next event. Um, I plan on focusing on that and seeing if I can't form better habits. Um, yeah. uh, same thing. Then it's like, are you treating your mind right? Are you taking time to med- time to meditate? Are you think are you taking time to reflect and think about the things that are going on in your life and what's causing them? What's actually causing them? Not right. your not your scapegoat to the problem, not mm-hmm. your like quick blame option to justify our own bullshit, which we all do. Mm-hmm. So like those are two questions right there. And then after that it's like less last time you have just told yourself to, like, loosen up your shoulders and take a deep breath, you mm-hmm. know? That's just, like, all this stuff is just, like, a constant reminder everyone should try to think of, if not daily, then weekly, just to kind of reset yourself because, like you said, there's no guarantee, like, when 2020 ends, there's not some magical thing. It's like, up oh, January 1st, 2021, it's going to be a better <laughs> yeah. year. I mean, by all accounts, like, we're going through this tremendously – uh, I don't even know what, how to word it. Like this, this, n- we're on a negative trend politically. Like it doesn't mm. matter who wins, we've got two douchebags who are running for office. Mm-hmm. So like it's not like that's going to fix anything. Climate change isn't going away. Mm-mm. So like all these things are, they're still happening. What we can control is our individual efforts. Yes. That's what everyone should focus on. Mm-hmm. And in that way, 2021 can be better. And like you said, there's still three months left of 2020 almost that you can fucking kill Mm -hmm. if you want to. At the very least, by December 31st, you could be two and a half months moving in a better direction than you are right now. Yeah. And people just, they just don't want to focus on that. It's important, you know, and that's just like, I don't know. Like I said, I try to remind myself of that. Like last week I was telling you I was in a slump. I've been in a slump like for the last like two weeks, couldn't figure it out. Why Mm -hmm. am I... Why am I feeling unmotivated suddenly? Why is it tough for me to remain productive and focused? Mm -hmm. And it's just like everything kind of just clicked for me late last week. I just kept trying to get up and put a good foot forward, try not to be too hard on myself, and then bam. And now here I am four days into what I feel like is another good streak where I'm like building off of each day.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's really good to – I mean, so you've been reflecting then, you know. And I think like one thing that people could do with the remaining time – of the year instead of like waiting for a miracle or like you know huddling down waiting for the storm to pass is like we can reflect on the year like, okay, this happened, it could happen again. It has happened before, it will happen again. And so what can I do on my own to to react better and respond better or plan better, you know? And so maybe it just becomes making more time to reflect and plan and set goals and things like that and uh you know just just time to just be with ourselves instead of like constantly looking for some kind of stimulus you know and that's a huge part of you know the society uh this this quote has been sticking with me lately it it says that um when there's a wealth of information there's a poverty of attention you know and our, I don't know I, I just I, again I feel like a broken record with a lot of this stuff but like our attention is so important and you know, we can't control COVID, you know, and we individually cannot go out and control like the government and all the people like regardless of who's the president and what the laws are, laws are there's going to be people out there breaking them. And if if wearing masks was a law, there's going to be people who aren't going to wear them. Right. And it's like, are you going to be you know, the white knight that goes up to them and, like, teaches them a lesson with kind words or a fight? Or are you, you know, going to go and reflect on that and say, like, all right, what are some things that I can do to educate myself or educate other people or just prepare in the future? And I don't know, there's there's always something that we can do. And Mm -hmm. when our outward world is chaotic, I think maybe, okay, focus on the inward world, you know? And if, like, Wim Hof and all his... You know, and all these other like Buddhist monks and and Shaolin monks and things like that have learned anything. It's like we are capable of amazing things as human beings, and you know sometimes that's what we need to do is go inside into our happy place, which is what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. while everything around us is crazy. But I think for so many people. Their inner world is just as chaotic as the outer world. Really I mean, good point, man. Yeah, and if you don't have that safe place to retreat to, mm. what are you gonna do in times like these? You know, and for sure, that's
1: actually I think a huge uh, a huge factor. And my like last get right phase, as I noticed, basically going back about a month ago, after I was I was really killing it, doing good things, then this slump started. And what I realized was. My, out, like my outward life, I had focused on so much. I had put so much energy into planning events, organizing events, uh, promoting music, working on my music now that I'm mixing. I'm mm-hmm. uh, by no means a producer, but mixing is so much fun. It's <laughs> yeah. become intoxicating, this new habit of mine um, or hobby. But I found myself like, putting so much energy and time into that world and into my son's schooling now that he's back in a school building and stuff. Mm-hmm. I let my room lapse like mm. there's papers everywhere there's boxes yeah. everywhere you know my central mass where I sleep and chill on, like my my by my tv is clean mm-hmm. but my desk was overflowing with stuff and it's like how did I let it go that long and not realize that that was a huge part of the issue yeah and since then I've cleaned it and now I have all this space to sit down and journal mm-hmm. to work on my music and it's suddenly I feel less cluttered because my happy place is in order yeah because I can control that outside of like a meteor hitting my house, like no one can come in and fuck up my space, but me, you know I mean? I guess there's obviously other things that could happen, but I control that much more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So I should put time into controlling it and making it a safe place. Like you said, that's a really good point, man. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, and then from that trick was out, what I'm dealing with now, productivity, Mm -hmm. motivation, inspiration, creativity, uh, and just an overall friendly demeanor. You know, I wake up and I'm in a good mood because I don't have to do something stupid. I didn't leave laundry unfolded or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, yeah, yeah, little things, Mm -hmm. little things and they impact things in a big way.
0: Yeah, they really do. It all goes a long way. It's all a butterfly effect. And I used to, um, it's interesting, you know, at music festivals, I used to have these, uh, interesting sort of revelations about you know if if the the day had been chaotic or bad or like I was too spun out or something like that it was like I could always come back to my tent and my tent was at least a safe space you know and even if even if we had like a campmate that was like super drunk and fucking stuff up or people weren't cleaning up and I was just letting all that out there affect me and you know it's taken me a long time to realize that a large part of my life most of my life I wasn't treating my mind my inner space like that right and you know, as much as we can curate and control our, um, you know, our, our spaces, our houses, our our rooms and whatever, like we have the power to control what is inside of our hearts and minds. And, you know, I already used the example of like people being capable of crazy things, but like there's that, um, that famous photo of that monk, that Buddhist monk that like set himself on fire and then like just didn't react. And it's like, we can, we all have that capability of being so resilient that no matter what is going on out here, we are good. Our right. shit is good. And the way we are going to react is, is how, is only what we choose to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's just like a practice, like learning how to control it more is a, something you have to practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can only get that practice from doing it, you know? And so that's that's another example of like why you know you can shield yourself from discomfort all the time but if you do that then you're not going to be good at dealing with discomfort when it comes and we have so many different ways to to practice that and get good at that you know and the obstacle is the way like the the treasure you seek lies within the cave you fear to dwell like we have to go towards these problems you know and That's what I think is so interesting about the political climate is that everyone is just going outward, like Mm -hmm. to the far left or the far right. But it's like the healing occurs in the middle and the solutions occur in the middle and we have to go towards the middle. Everyone's afraid of the middle because they're afraid of the other side. But it's like, no, it's actually really beautiful when everybody can be peaceful and communicate without having to worry about like being hurt, you know? Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. People take things so personally sometimes, and it's, you know, a lot of times things that happen are not personal. You know, Mm -hmm. people make decisions because they, even if maybe it isn't the best decision for themselves, which really is only up to them Mm -hmm. to decide on anyway, they're still going to make decisions based on the information presented to them or that they have available to them. And, sometimes the things that people do are going to hurt others, but it doesn't mean they intended to, doesn't mean they wanted to. It could have just been like, well, man, I can't think of any other way to do this thing, but I know I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Sorry that it impacts you, you know, and the best you can do is try to mitigate that, you know, and I believe that as long as you're not intentionally hurting people, if you're trying to do the best you can, then all those other things should be forgiven, you know? Yeah. Especially after whatever degree of time,
0: you know? Absolutely. But yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I think that Politically, I know we keep talking about politics, and it's not the funnest thing to talk about. But it's you know, next month is November. It's here, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, we're, we're it's being jammed down our throats. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I would encourage people to to be as peaceful as possible because you know it's not just one side here. You know, right. people on both sides are talking about uprisings and violence mm-hmm. and civil war and all this shit, and it's like. The reality is one side is going to lose. Mm-hmm. And if both sides are just as angry, chaotic, and aggressive, then then something bad is going to happen no nasty. matter yeah, yeah, no matter who wins, you know? And and that like we can't control who's going to win, but what we can do is control how we react when whoever does win or loses does, right. you know? And that that's super important, you know? Like we're never going to have peace Ever, if if we keep doing that, and if we think that like violence is the answer, or like, you know, ghosting people or canceling them or you know, just wishing harm upon them is the like that is not the answer. You know, no,
1: for sure, for sure, and you're right. We're never gonna have peace, and it's funny because anytime uh, a superpower or a new regime promises peace, they do so with militarized people yeah like yeah it's gonna be peaceful because if not I'll shoot you <laughs> like mm-hmm. cool sweet sweet story but yeah. you know it's just you know a state of nature is a state of war I always mm-hmm. it's John Locke or Thomas Hobbes who said that and that's always stuck with me from my studies like it's a natural world and in a natural world there's gonna be feuding mm-hmm. I mean we could handle it better it doesn't have to be a full-on war but people are gonna fight you know if not on a regional level then on a local level it's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. Um the best we can do goes back to things that we've talked about today is just communication, hoping that you can teach somebody, hoping that they can teach you you know that goes both ways, yeah, you know we can always be more enlightened, more illuminated, and we can always grow. It's just a matter of believing that and being open minded to it, yeah. which too many people aren't you know
0: I agree it's, you
1: know, people it's, want to be right, like I'm sorry to interrupt no but like, you're man, fair. like it's that ego they're so they're so determined to be right that they won't give it up even when they're presented with evidence that they are actually factually incorrect Mm -hmm. cognitive dissonance, man. It's just a fucking damn shame. But
0: Mm -hmm. I, uh, I've been talking a lot with like, uh, like, so today specifically after class, like at the end, um, they give us like a a period to basically sit with uh, one of our instructors or one of the staff members and like reflect and, I think all of us kind of thought going into it, they're like called one-on-ones. We thought that it was going to be like, oh, an evaluation of our performance or whatever. But they were like, oh, so this is just a a time and a space for you to, you know, reflect and, you know, express anything you're thinking and feeling and like, let us know how we're doing. Like, what can we do better and all this? And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And one of the big things that they encourage is like failing, like Mm -hmm. fucking up. They always say break stuff. And it's like. In in a world where you're not able to to do that, where failure is not an option, it's like you're never going to really, really learn, you know? And I think that um, there are some other places, like other countries, other institutions that uh, allow, you know, learning through failure Mm -hmm. as as a modality of learning, but... um, by and large especially in our society and like western cultures in general it's it's just like not the case and it comes back to that ego thing of like nobody wants to be wrong like everyone right. wants to be right and it's like well what's the point like what does it matter if everyone is learning anyway it's like are we going to stand here for the rest of eternity and just like dwell on how you were right about this one thing It's right. like what does it really mean what does it really matter and it's like okay it, it's cool that to to share something with other people and to uh you know illuminate them but if if you're doing that you're also not learning for sure yeah so i don't know i just think that we have a lot to learn as a species we just do for sure yeah we're still i mean it could be argued in our infancy if
1: we're talking about cosmic time scale even Mm -hmm. a geological time scale i mean um they talk about it in that human nature. Like it's he says it's like uh the age of science and reason is within three microns readable on deposited sediment. Yeah. Like and I think he said it's like ten inches for the entire lifespan of human humanity, which mm-hmm. going back we're talking well over a hundred thousand years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean that's crazy when yeah. you think about the earth being four point five billion years old. That's yeah. a long time. You know, it's crazy. So, uh, or I guess a short time, but it's a long time on an individual. I mean I'm, I've been alive thirty three years and I think I feel like I've lived a lot. Mm-hmm. I hope I live a whole lot more. Yeah. I wouldn't mind you know doubling that if not tripling that. No problem, you mm-hmm. know um, we'll see how it goes. I yeah. live I live pretty fast paced so <laughs> same. you know but hopefully, hey, hopefully technology will kick in mm-hmm. and you know, maybe we'll get some benefits. That'd yeah. be great. but anyway, um, it's just important for people to remember that like you know, we still do have a lot to learn. We have mm-hmm. a lot to. Understand, uh, And if we really are in our infancy, if we really are just toddlers relative to what we can be, then I like to think about it like I think about my son. Like, I see my son, who is now seven years old, and I'm obviously his biggest role model. Yeah. And there's bad habits I see that he forms because of me, and I try to work on those, especially how I present myself to him. Mm-hmm. But some good things that I see, which are beautiful to me, is like, for example, the camp trip this weekend. Mm-hmm. He wanted so badly to be the leader, and I've got this big walking stick. Uh-huh. He wouldn't stop looking for a walking stick until he <laughs> found one. Then once he did, he was like, Daddy, I'm leading us on the trail. I said, all right, bud, I'll let you do it. We'll see how you go. Yeah. And he's killing it. You know, he's vocal. He's mm-hmm. talking to everybody. Um, and I kept telling him, like, say it with your chest. you got to be louder. Yeah, you want yeah. to be a leader. But it's funny. Like Then he started getting mad at me and he's like, no, daddy, I'm sorry. Leaders don't need help. I got this. And I said, no, you're very wrong right there. Mm. A leader needs just as much help as anybody else, if not more. Yeah. And also a good leader doesn't constantly talk about how good of a leader they are, which mm. he was doing. You know. <laughs> so it's just like, if we really are in our infancy to tie this back in, we have a lot to learn about our maturity, how we handle our technologies, how we handle ourselves, how mm-hmm. we handle a superpower in the world, a country, yeah. how we handle, uh, Splitting the atom and not using nuclear bombs to wipe out twenty thousand innocent people just to make a freaking point, right. shit like that. You know, we mm-hmm. have so much to learn. Yeah, and hopefully we keep doing it. Hopefully we're around long enough. Hopefully Mother Earth isn't like fuck y'all by then.
0: And hopefully we right. can figure shit out. So yeah, and if she does, it ain't shit we can do about it. Not, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not a damn thing, man. Not a damn thing. So, but at least it was her and not you know a fellow human that did For it. For sure. You know? and yeah, agreed. That's uh, you know a couple. Tying a couple things in here, like what you were talking about earlier, like the notion, of like a, of a superpower, like thinking mm-hmm. that with military force we're going to achieve peace. And the minute you started saying that, like I always think of the, you know, t- I'm I'm sure it's not politically correct to to say, you know, Mexican standoff, but right. like, but that concept, you know, of everybody standing there with guns pointed <laughs> right. at each other, it's like that situation doesn't get resolved from one person shooting everyone and then saying, all right, now I got the power. Everyone sit still. It's right. like, that gets solved from everybody lowering their weapons, you 100%. know? And there's this, this, um, video footage of, uh, it was in like a hospital It's um, I can't remember where it was at, but it was basically like this guy goes into, um, a hospital. I think he has a knife and he's just like, he's, he's very obviously like, um, in a chaotic state of mind, you know, very aggressive, and there's like a police officer that is like, you know, he's standing there. I think it's in like the Philippines or something, and he's kind of like leaning against this this counter, and he's just like he's leaning there peacefully. His gun is put away. You know, he's got his hands open, and he's like talking to the guy. He's reasoning with them. It's like that guy has the power. Right. That guy could have forcefully done whatever right there, but he's like, no, look. Even though I have the power, I want you to see reason. I want you to understand. Right. And and learn from the situation. And like, it's okay. Like, just calm down. Right. And I feel like that is like what we should be doing mm-hmm. you know, as like the the lead superpower. And it's difficult to say because, you know, everyone's like, Well, we have to worry about like Russia and China and all this and like, you know, I naively I don't know a whole lot about their culture. I've never been to either of those countries. Right. But um but at the same time, I mean, I still do believe that as as the the leaders that's what we do you know for sure. we shouldn't we shouldn't just be like well we have to be this way to keep these other you know countries in check it's like right. well all right if that's how you want to lead then that's how the entire world is going to view it but and then
1: they're going to follow mm-hmm. you know for exactly. sure exactly we shouldn't be jamming nuclear bombs down people's throat as a threat every Mm-mm. time they step out of line although i mean it's it's i mean it's nice to have the biggest guns in our current political climate but we should be moving towards progressing to a point where we're not like here we've got the biggest dick so do what we say because eventually we won't I mean it's just going to happen we're not going to be this strong forever there's already immense fractures in our foundation Mm -hmm. you know so like the United States really should pay attention to that I'm sure some of our leaders are well aware that we fucked up plenty as far as like our stature you know and I'm of the belief I hate to say it that If there were to be like a new world war if it would break out that enough people that are our quote-unquote allies would be like hey this Mm -hmm. is our chance to fuck them up like this is our chance to take out the big bully Mm -hmm. I hope that never happens I am completely anti-war but I've thought that for quite some time when Mm -hmm. it was really hot button with North Korea and everything yeah it was just like man like if we did start something and it wasn't something that the rest of the world was in favor of Who's to say that they wouldn't just be like, all right, let's just fucking get rid of this problem now, you mm-hmm. know? But
0: Absolutely, you know? And human beings by human nature have always been opportunists. And For sure. Every story, every movie has always had those those people. And, I mean, even... It's not quite the same thing, but like World War II, like Japan, Pearl Harbor, you -hmm. know, it was just like out of nowhere, you know, and it was like, we were like, oh, we're going to stay out of this. And then they're like, this is an opportunity for like, you know, this, this covert strike, like, or out of nowhere strike. And it's like, people are always going to try and do that. So maybe that's counterintuitive to what I was saying, but. You know, I, and I know that it's it's easier to destroy things than to build or grow things. For sure. But also if we put as much time, money and effort into like education and energy and agriculture and um, even like, like shielding technologies and things. I mean, you know, I just think about what it would be like if like aliens came here and we shot all of our nukes at them. And like right. what if they didn't have weapons because they just had some sort of, I don't know hyper powerful like energy bubbles that could just contain everything and it's like that would be that would be just fascinating you know and for sure maybe one day we'll get to that point but obviously right now it's just easier to destroy stuff but um just keep building ammo yeah yeah it's wild man i don't know We'll, we'll see but it's you know if for society that says they want peace like we mm-hmm. sure don't invest a lot into like peaceful initiatives for sure you know for sure
1: I think honestly you you know you said that you know maybe we were going a little counterintuitive to your point but what if hypothetically the United States was just like look we've got this huge military force we've got all these guns we've got our military budget is like, I mean, it's like some, something trillion a year, you know? Like, what if they're like, you know what? We're about to cut spending in it by, by three quarters. Mm-hmm. We're about to let our standing military get some time off. We're about to pull people from all these places in the world where we have a political agenda. You know, what if in that way they were the first people in that Mexican standoff? who put their guns down yeah you know then we still have them then it's not like now there's the opportunity to just take us out but it's like look we're trying to send a message that we don't want this anymore Mm -hmm. imagine the impact that could have like in a ripple effect with other global superpowers in the united nations you know something like that and if with the right leadership maybe we could get to that point yeah or maybe some other really influential country would do it because i mean honestly we're we're a pretty big joke right now with trump and everything going (laughs) on no offense to anybody who gets upset about that shit but I think, I think that could go a long way. That sends a message. Like you said, the guy who has all the power, he's the first one to be like, no. uh."
0: I agree. And you know, people want to say, well, we have to worry about these, these other countries. And it's when it comes down to it, it's like, well, you know, they're, they're in very totalitarian situations where it's a small grouping of people like calling all the shots. And, Mm -hmm. but in reality it's gonna like any reform or change that's gonna happen in places like that is gonna come from within mm. not not from an external source it's gonna have to be revolution and uprising from in inside the country from their own people you know and um, that you know whatever we can do to empower those people I mean it's it's difficult like like what can we do for the rights of Russians and and Chinese but for sure you know, but that's what it's going to be. And, um, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time. I don't know what the answer is there. So maybe it's even stupid to be talking about it. But I mean, I think that that's the truth, like mm. that, you know, special op or special forces, units, like for a long time, part of the way that they've done warfare is that they go into an area and then they train up the locals and then they, they want to empower the locals right. to do everything. And like, that should be the answer. And, you know, my heart weighs heavy for, um, you know, countries that are in a situation where they have totalitarian regimes and things like that. But also, they are full of people, lots of people, tons of people. And, you know, we have to think about all those other humans in there. And um, have you ever seen the movie of Valkyrie, that Tom Cruise movie about World War II? It's really interesting. It's like, um, it's all about... Um, this secret circle of people that were within um, the Gestapo and the Nazi regime that were plotting to take Hitler out. Like, oh, nice. All these people that were amongst his ranks. And obviously because it's based on history, like they failed, mm-hmm. but they were, they were this close, mm-hmm. you know, and there were these people who were just, they realized the evil of what he was doing and, you know, they took a lot of risks and they, you know, formulated a plot and they, they almost succeeded, you know, and, you those are the situations where you you turn over those regimes. You yeah, know? for sure. That's I think the method, and like maybe the method from the past has been okay. Like somebody else come in and take over, but it's like in that situation you're just now relinquishing power mm-hmm. to somebody else. And as as much as I love this country and my you know fellow country people, it, it's just like it. I. There's that saying from the Dark Knight movie, you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a situation like this, where there is somebody who's got a lot of totalitarian viewpoints that has a, a lot of support from people, you know, I mean, that is what happened with, yeah, with sure. uh, Germany, you know, in, in the Nazis. It's like he came, like Hitler came up out of nowhere and then all these people sided with him. And it's like, I would, I, like that is a nightmare. To, to watch America become that, but it's, sure. we just have to acknowledge that that is a possibility. Yeah. You know?
1: And a lot of things, there's just so many similarities. I mean, just the way we treat immigrants or people that are different from us is just like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been president now for four years and it's just kind of crazy to see how things have gotten. And, you know, I have beef with pretty much every president in my lifetime. But Trump definitely takes the cake. And just the idea that we are probably going to get four more years of him is crazy. But like you said, we'll weather the storm. Mm -hmm. We're going to survive. The strong will survive. And hopefully people learn from this. Um, You know, because at this point, we're all just kind of rolling with the punches as far as that goes. Yeah. And even if he doesn't win, you know, I'm not really confident that this senile dude who i disagree with so many of his points i mean like tracking joe biden's voting record and some of the speeches he's done (laughs) are shocking to me Mm -hmm. you know like i don't agree with him you know so maybe he's the lesser of two evils in some ways but still evil it's like that old south park thing uh do you want to vote for the douchebag or the turd sandwich (laughs) and fuck (laughs) yeah can i write somebody else in
0: right i mean there are
1: other options but they're not they're not reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's, they're not, you, no one's going to convince me that uh, anybody else is going to win this election, but those two.
0: Yeah. You know, I agree. And I wish, I wish that weren't the case, but right. And I want to see, like, I hope I live long enough to see the day where something like that happens, mm. where, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere, like there is huge change and we do see a third option, you know, and, like I always talk about how the two party system is broken and mm. I just, I want to see like more options, you know? And, yeah. um,
1: we gotta get money out of politics first. Yes, man. We gotta get money out of politics
0: in a big way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just like scary, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know how how we do that. How we defund politics? Right. I mean, we're talking about defunding everything else. We need to defund politics. Yeah, but, you're not. You're not wrong, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Right. But, well, shit, dude. It's uh. We're going on an hour 15 here. Oh, wow. Nice, I can't man. believe it, it man. It flew by. Yeah, that flew by. It was a little bit slow to start for right. me. I was like, all right, where's my flow at? Right. And then all of a sudden, here we are.
1: Right. Do you mind if I talk about my event a little bit? Please Wait. do,
0: yeah. Promote the shit out of it.
1: All right. So uh, for those of you that listen who know me, um, my next event coming up, me and Heyman Entertainment, are partnered up to bring you guys Wubs by the River. It is a completely underground event. All the promotion and advertisement has been done through word of mouth. It has been a very fun journey. And I'm very excited to say it is going down on November 6th through the 8th. There are some tickets left. So please get with me, Jack Hay Jr. on Facebook. If you're interested and want to learn more, I would love to tell you all about it. Um, Outside of that, I want to give another shout out to Heyman Entertainment, Sacred Hive, my buddy sickish and lucid lou for all their work creating their music this year uh danny mccracken at cracking the code you guys should definitely listen to more episodes if you listen to this one um and then just a shout out to my entire city and friends and everything in nashville it's just uh it's a beautiful time to be alive i hope you guys all feel the same way
0: well said man i couldn't agree more well perfect all right man well this has been fantastic and uh yeah thank you so much everybody for listening for tuning in and uh We'll talk to you again soon.